Good evening, everybody. My name is Sean Bianco, and welcome to At the Opera. Merry Christmas Eve. I'm glad to be here with you tonight, special night, the night before Christmas. And this is my annual presentation of Amal and the Night Visitors, followed by Puccini's La Boheme, which is extremely apropos since the first two acts of La Boheme actually take place on Christmas Eve. The message of Amal and the Night Visitors, it's one of my favorite pieces of music written by Giancarlo Menotti, and I hope you enjoy it as well. It's become a tradition here at the opera. I've been doing this um, every year on the broadcast preceding Christmas for at least 20 years, if not more. So I hope you enjoy it. After Amal, after Bohème, I'll have my usual fare of your favorite opera singing singers singing Christmas favorites. So that'll be later tonight. But whatever you're, whatever you're doing tonight, I hope you're, you're well and happy and relaxed and with family, or maybe even if you're just alone tonight. Let me be your companion. Let me keep you company tonight with this lovely music I'm about to play. Uh, thank you to everybody who uh, wrote in and commented about last week's broadcast of Carmen. And uh, so thank you for that. And, um, and thank you for the cards. Thank you for the well wishes. I always get lovely cards this time of year with letter, letters inside expressing your, uh, uh, your sincere gratitude uh, for what I do here at the radio station. So thank you. And, uh, and I hope that tomorrow, being Christmas Day, if you in fact celebrate Christmas, um, is a, a wonderful day for you. And uh, it makes all your wishes come true. So, tonight is about music. Tonight is about uh, a feeling, warm feelings, and also about great opera. And so that's what we're going to have tonight. And let's just get started. Every year when I do this, I, uh, I used to start the show with La Boheme and then play them all in the night visitors. And then I realized le- quite a bit later, wait a minute, a mall should be the first thing we hear, because a lot of a lot of opera fans have heard La Boheme many, many, many times. So I thought for the family, if you have children who you think might like to listen to the show, this first very short opera um, is very wonderful, and it's in English, and it's about a little boy. So if you have young people that you know who might want to come along the radio and listen to this, uh, now's the time. And it won't be on too late. Amal and the Night Visitors, uh, a opera in one act, words and music by the Italian composer Giancarlo Menotti, was first performed Christmas Eve, 1951, by the NBC Television Theater. It was then recorded January 4, 1952, in New York under the personal direction of Mr. Menotti. And uh, Amal and the Night Visitors went on to be broadcast every Christmas Eve for years and years on NBC television. There was then a newer version that was made, um, a colorized version with a new cast. But I think the original is uh, pretty special. In the cast was Chet Allen as Amal, Rosemary Kuhlman as the mother, 
and the three kings, Andrew McKinley, David Aiken, and Leon Lishner, conducted by, at that time, one of the rising, shining stars of the opera world and conducting world, Thomas Shippers. The story of a mall. Somewhere in the world lives a crippled little boy, little shepherd, called Amal, with his mother, an impoverished widow. Nothing is left to them of the little they ever had, and they are now faced with hunger and cold in their empty house. Three wise men on their way to Bethlehem stop at the hut and ask to be taken in for the night. Amal and his mother welcome them and their page as well they can and are much astonished at the splendor of their robes and the wealth of gifts they are carrying with them. When Amal's mother realizes that the three kings are looking for a newborn babe and that the expensive gifts are all destined for him, she becomes bitter and envious. She cannot understand why at least some of these gifts could not be given to her own child, who was so poor and sickly and hungry. Under cover of darkness, while the three kings are asleep, the mother steals some of the gold and she is caught red-handed. When she explains to the three kings that she needs the gold to feed her starving child, she is readily forgiven. With great tenderness, they try to explain to her who this newborn child is and how much he needs the love of every human being to build his coming kingdom. Touched by their words, the poor widow not only gives back the stolen gold, but wishes she could add a gift of her own. Little Amal comes to her rescue. He impulsively hands the three kings his wooden crutch, his only and most precious possession. But he stands without the crutch. And in so doing, he is miraculously cured of his lameness. As dawn appears in the sky, the three kings prepare to resume their journey. Amal begs his mother to let him join them, and he is finally allowed to follow the kings to Bethlehem to adore and give thanks to the Christ child. These were liner notes written in 1952 by RCA, Radio Corporation of America, for the recording of Amal and the Night Visitors. Amal is sung by boy soprano Chet Allen, his mother, Rosemary Kuhlman, a mezzo-soprano. Caspar, the king, slightly deaf, is sung by Andrew McKinley, tenor. Melchior, the king who is bringing the gold. David Aiken, baritone. Balthazar Leon Lishner, baritone, and the page was sung by Frank Monticino. The chorus of shepherds and villagers 
orchestra and chorus, all conducted by the American conductor Thomas Shippers. This was recorded January 4th, 1952. And now my annual presentation of the heartwarming story, this one-act opera by Giancarlo Menotti, A Mall in the Night Visitors. Enjoy.
you should go out and see there has never been such a sky
Just like yours. What use is having it then? No use. Where is your home? I live in a black marble palace full of black panthers and white doves. And you, little boy, what do you do? I was a shepherd. I had a flock of sheep. But my mother sold them. Sold its points. Are you a real king too? Eh? Are you a real king too? Oh, yes, I am a real king. Am I not? Yes, Casper. What is that? Eh? What is that? A parrot. Does it talk? Eh? Does it talk? How do I know? Does it bite? Eh? Does it bite? Yes. And what is this? This is my box. This is my box. I never travel without my box. In the first drawer, I keep my magic stones. One carnelian against all evil and envy. One moonstone to make you sleep, one red coral to heal your woes, one lapis lazuli against wartan fever, one small jasper to help you find water, one small topaz to soothe your eyes, one red ruby to protect you from lightning. This is my box. This is my box. I never travel without my box. In the second drawer, I keep all my beads. Oh, how I love to play with beads. All kinds of beads. This is my box. This is my box. I never travel without my box. In the third drawer. In the third drawer. Oh, little boy, oh, little boy, in the third drawer I keep. Licorice, licorice, black sweet licorice, black sweet licorice, have some. Amal, I told you not to be a nuisance. But it isn't my fault. 
questions. I want you to go and call the other shepherds. Tell them about our visitors and ask them to bring whatever they have in the house, as we have nothing to offer them. Hurry on. Yes, mother. Gifts to the child. The child? Which child? We don't know, but the star will guide us to him. But perhaps I know him. What does he look like? Have you seen a child the color of meat, the color of blood? His are mild, his hands are those of a king, as king he was born. Incense, love, and gold we bring to his side, and the eastern star is our guide. Yes,
good friends for your dances and your gifts. But now we must bid you good night. We have little time for sleep and a long journey your magic stones is there is there one that could cure a cripple boy eh never mind good night
Let us leave, my friends. Oh, no. Wait. Take back your gold. Oh, such a king I've waited all my life. And if I weren't so poor, I would send a gift of my own to such a child. But, mother... Let me send him my crutch. Who knows he may need one? And this I made myself. But that you can't, you can't! I walk, mother. I walk, mother. He walks. He walks. He walks.
you must not be afraid, for he is God by the Son of God. Oh, blessed child, may I touch you? 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 Well, I don't know if I'm going to let you touch me. Amal. All right, but just once. Now, Mother, I can fight, I can work, I can play. Oh, Mother, let me go with the kings. I want to take the quirt to the child myself. Yes, good woman, let him come with us. We'll take good care of him. We'll bring him back on the temple's back. Do you really want to go? Yes, Mother. Are you sure, sure, sure? I'm sure. Yes, I think you should go and bring thanks to the child yourself. Are you sure, sure, sure? Go on, get ready. What did she say? She said he can go. Oh, lovely, lovely, lovely. Asper. What to do with your crutch?
and as little Amal leaves with the three kings waving goodbye to his mother, the curtain comes down on the one-act opera by Giancarlo Manotti, Amal and the Night Visitors. This opera premiered on Christmas Eve, 1951, by the NBC Television Theater, under the direction of Mr. Minotti and conducted by Thomas Shippers. In the cast, as a mall, we had Chet Allen, boys soprano. Rosemary Kuhlman was the mother. Our three kings, Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar, Andrew McKinley, David Aiken, and Leon Lishner, and the page was Frank Monacino. Chorus of shepherds and villagers and orchestra and chorus were all directed by the late American conductor Thomas Shippers, who died very prematurely, I believe, of cancer. Um, but uh, he did leave quite a impressive recorded legacy, and this was one of the projects he did, was a mall in the night visitors. Now, a little interesting side note about this opera. Uh, Giancarlo Minotti was hired by NBC to write an opera for television to fit inside a one-hour televised network format, probably also to include a station break or two. And he was stuck. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to write. He would just, and the, the deadline was, was looming, and he just... And then one day he took a walk in New York City, and he ended up at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And he went for a walk inside the museum, and he came across Bosch's Adoration of the Magi, where it shows the three kings at the feet of Mary and the, and the Christ child. And uh, Heronius Bosch's artwork, a lot of it was very, very strange. But this particular painting was relatively tame, and seeing that, seeing the three kings and seeing the, the picture in front of him at that museum, he thought, that's it. That's what I'm going to write about. Because in an interview that I saw Minotti in, he said once, the three kings walked for probably weeks and weeks to get to Bethlehem. And they had to have stopped to spend the night somewhere. And they, and they certainly didn't spend the night with royalty all, that, all those times. So at some point, they must have stopped in a little village in the middle of nowhere and stayed with a poor family like this, probably more than once. So he decided to write an opera about one of those little stopovers and how the kings met Amal and the mother and produced this lovely opera. My name is Sean Bianco, and this is At the Opera on Christmas Eve. Welcome. I'm glad you're there. I'm glad I'm here. And I'm hoping that you are happy wherever you are, having a lovely Christmas Eve. If you're with friends and family listening to this broadcast, welcome to my annual presentation of First Amal and the Night Visitors and now Puccini's La Boheme. And if you're alone, well, you're not alone. I'm there with you. So Hi. Merry Christmas Eve. From Sacramento State, this is Capital Public Radio, 88.9 KXPR-FM in HD Sacramento, 
91.7 KXSR Groveland, Sonora, 88.7 KXJS Sutter, and 90.9 KXJZ HD2 Sacramento. This hour about the opera with yours truly made possible by Malcolm McHenry, who invites you to join him in supporting Cap Radio's commitment to opera on the air and in the community by making your contribution today. And the ten and the nine o'clock hour, the nine o'clock hour about the opera, which we just cross over into, is made possible by John and Lois Crow, who invite you to join them in supporting our commitment to opera on the air and in the community by making your contribution today. We now move along into the next part of our evening, Puccini's La Boheme. The first two acts of this opera take place on Christmas Eve. So the fact that tonight is Christmas Eve, I think, is even doubly exciting. Um, This all coincided. (laughs) This opera in four acts was composed between 1893 and 1895 by Giacomo Puccini. His librettists, those who wrote the words for the opera, Luigi Illica, Giuseppe Giacosa, based uh, the libretto upon a, uh, a story, Scenes in the Life of Bohemians by Henry Mugere of 1851. The story is set in Paris around 1830, and it um, shows Bohemian lifestyle, known in French as La Boheme, of a poor seamstress and her artist friends. The world premiere of this opera took place in Turin, February 1st, 1896, at Teatro Reggio, conducted by the 28-year-old Arturo Toscanini. There is Toscanini again, once again, right there making history during his career. And to this day, La Boheme, like last week's Carmen, part of the standard operatic repertory all over the world. A little uh, side note. In 1946, 50 years after the opera's premiere, Toscanini conducted a commemorative performance of it on radio with the NBC Symphony Orchestra. A recording of the performance was later released by RCA, and it is the only recording ever made of a Puccini opera by its original conductor. Opera takes place in Paris around 1830. The Four Bohemians in the Garrett and Christmas Eve. The baritone Marcello is painting while Rodolfo gazes out of the window. They complain of the cold in order to keep warm. They burn the manuscript of Rodolfo's drama. Colline, our base, the philosopher, enters shivering and disgruntled at not having been able to pawn off some books. Chenard, a musician of the group, arrives with food, wine, and cigars. He explains the source of his riches, a job with an eccentric eccentric English gentleman who ordered him to play his violin to a parrot until it died. (laughs) The others hardly listen to this outrageous story as they set up a table to eat and drink. But Chenard interrupts, telling them that they must save the food for days ahead. Tonight, they will all celebrate his good fortune by dining at the Café Mamus, and he will pay the bill. The friends are interrupted by Benoit, the landlord, who arrives to collect the rent. They flatter him and ply him with wine. 
In his drunkenness, he begins to boast of his amorous adventures, but when he also reveals that he is married, they thrust him from the room without the rent payment in comic moral indignation. The rent money is divided for their evening out in the Latin Quarter. Marcello, Chenard, and Collini leave, but Rodolfo remains alone for a moment in order to finish an article that he's writing, promising to join his friend soon. There is a knock at the door. It is a girl who lives in the other room of the building. Her candle has blown out, and she has no matches. She asks Rodolfo to light it. She is briefly overcome with faintness, and Rodolfo helps her to a chair and offers her a glass of wine. She thanks him. After a few minutes, she says that she is better but must leave. But as she turns to leave, she realizes she has lost her key. Her candle goes out in the drought, or in the draft, excuse me, and Rodolfo's candle goes out too. The pair stumble around in the dark. Rodolfo, eager to spend time with the girl, to whom he is already attracted to, finds the key and puts it in his pocket, feigning innocence. He takes her cold hand and sings the famous tenor aria, Cagelida Menina, what a cold little hand you have, and tells her of his life as a poet, then asks her to tell him more about her life. The girl says that her name is Mimi. Yes, they call me Mimi, and describes her simple life as an embroiderer. Impatiently, the waiting friends call Rodolfo. He answers and turns to see Mimi bathed in moonlight. And in their duet, O Suave Fanchula, O Lovely Girl, they realize that right there in that cold garret on Christmas Eve, they've fallen in love. Rodolfo suggests remaining at home with Mimi, but she decides to accompany him to the cafe, and as they leave, they sing of their new-found love. Tonight, we're going to be hearing one of the iconic recordings of this opera, recorded um, back in the day. Back in the day, what was that day? Oh, <laughs> 19, in the 1954, I believe, yes. Um, La Boheme, 1954, Mimi, sung by Maria Callas, Rodolfo, Giuseppe Di Stefano, Marcello, Rolando Panerai, Chenard, Manuel Spadafora. Colline is sung by Nicola Zaccaria, and we will meet uh, Anamofo, who is in Act Two as Musetta. What a cast. Benoit is sung by Carlo Badioli, the chorus and orchestra of La Scala in Milan, conducted by the great Italian maestro Antonio Votto. One of the great studio recordings of Puccini's masterpiece, La Boheme, and one of my favorites, recorded in 1956, not 54, 56. All righty, here we go into the next part of our evening. Here is Act One of tonight's feature opera, right here on Christmas Eve. Puccini's lovely and romantic. La Boheme. Enjoy.
questo mar rosso mi ammollisce a Siderò. Come se addosso mi piovesse costruita. Per vendicarmi a fuoco un che non credo allo sudor della fronte odiacciate le dita quasi ancora le tenere si mollate giù in quella gran ghiacciaia che il cuore di musetta l'amore è un caminetto che sciupa troppo e in fretta dove l'uomo è fascino e la donna è l'amore l'uno brucia in un soffio e l'altro sta a guardare ma intanto qui si gera e si muore di nadia fuoco ci vuole aspetta sacrifichi alla sedia eureka provasti sì aguzza di cielo l'idea ma mi
danza vale vecchie strade. La, le ragazze cantano contente, la vigilia di Natale. Le donne magre son grazie. 
Sono in vena, chi è là? Così, una donna di grazia, di si spinto in lui. Ecco, Prego, entri. Si sente male. Impallidisce. Il respiro. Quelle scale. 
ed ora come faccio così Sente meglio chi? Qui c'è tanto freddo, segga vicino al fuoco, aspetti un po' di vino. Grazie. A lei? Poco, poco. Così. Che bella bambina. Ora permetta che accenda il lume tutto passato. Tanta Gelida manina 
Torno.
Amor, amor. Oh, what a lovely act. Act one of Puccini's La Boheme. As the lovers, Rodolfo and Mimi, go off to the Café Mamus to dine with their fellow Bohemians on Christmas Eve, the curtain comes down on Act One. Antonio Voto conducted the chorus and orchestra of the Theatre La Scala Milan in this 1956 EMI recording. My name is Sean Bianco, and this is At the Opera. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in on this uh, Christmas Eve. Tomorrow, the big day for a lot of people. Hope you're having a lovely evening, and I'm glad to be with you tonight. Hope you enjoyed a mall in the night visitors. Of course, next week, all opera potpourri. That's right, because January's got uh, five Saturdays. Uh, so next week, all opera potpourri to end the New Year's on the 31st with the big opera potpourri show on New Year's Eve. So I'm with you here on Christmas Eve. I'll be with you here on New Year's Eve. And uh, I'll, I'll play something, maybe a little flater mouse, some bubbling champagne, something fun at midnight. We'll, we'll figure that out. From Sacramento State, this is Capital Public Radio, 88.9 KXPR FM and HD Sacramento, 91.7 KXSR Groveland Sonora, 88.7 KXJS Sutter, and 90.9 KXJZ HD2 Sacramento. Again, thank you for tuning in. Let's just keep rolling, rolling, rolling along. In Act 2 of La Boheme, a great crowd, including children, has gathered with street sellers announcing their wares. Oranges, dates, hot chestnuts, they're crying. The friends arrive. Rodolfo buys Mimi a bonnet from a vendor. Coline buys a coat. And Chenard, a horn. Parisians gossip with friends and bargain with the vendors. The children of the streets clamor to see the wares of Parpignol, the toy seller. The cafe friends arrive at the Mamouse Café. As the man and Mimi dine at the cafe, Musetta, Musetta comes onto the scene, or other soprano in this opera, sung by Anna Mofo, formerly Marcello's sweetheart. But this time she's arriving with her rich and very elderly government minister admirer, Alcindoro, whom she is tormenting. It is clear she is tired of him. To the delight of the Parisians and the embarrassment of her patron, she sings a very risque song called Musetta's Waltz, Quando Men Vo, When I Go Along, she sings, oh dear, hoping to reclaim Marcello's attention during this song. Well, the ploy works. At the same time, Mimi recognizes that Musetta does truly love Marcello. To be rid of Alcindoro for a bit, Musetta pretends to be suffering from a tight shoe and sends him to the shoemaker on Christmas Eve. Really? Oh, to get her shoe mended. What a piece of work. Alcindoro leaves, and Musetta and Marcello fall rapturously into each other's arms and kiss, and they are lovers once again. The friends are presented with the bill. Uh-oh. However, Chenard's purse has gone missing, and no one else has enough money to pay. What's going on there? He came to the cafe with a full purse, and now it's gone missing. The sly Musetta has the entire bill charged to Alcindoro. The sound of a military band is heard, and the friends leave. Alcindoro returns with the repaired shoe, seeking Musetta, only to be handed the bill from the waiter. He is dumbfounded, and Alcindoro sinks into a chair, ending Act Two. 
Mimi, Maria Callas, Rodolfo, Giuseppe Di Stefano, Marcello, Rolando Panerai, Chenard, Manuel Spadafora, Colline is sung by Nicola Zaccaria, Musetta, and Amofo. And also, the person who sang Benoit, the landlord in Act One, he also sings El Cindoro in this act, Carlo Badioli. The chorus and orchestra of La Scala Milan, conducted by Antonio Voto in this 1956 EMI recording. Here is a lovely, lovely act of this opera. Just beloved. And those of you who remember the movie uh, Moonstruck, this act, is, uh, the music from this act uh, is uh, featured prominently in that movie. You'll hear some, adult, some uh, familiar refrains, I think. Here is act two of tonight's feature opera, Puccini's La Boheme. Enjoy.
Eccoci qui, questa è Mimica Ia Fioraia, il suo avvenir completa, la bella compagnia, perché, perché sogna il poeta, essa la Al mio cervello sono i canti, dalle sue dita sbocciano i fiori, dall'anima esultanti sboccia la Concetti rari, gesti rari, ingrediazioni gente, io non do un Sarto, c'è una dama. Signorina Mimi, che dono raro le ha fatto il suo rodolfo. Una tumita pensino
Did you hear that at the end? The whole cast, they were just having a great time. The kids, the chorus, everybody on stage. Oh, that must have been a fun recording session to do. Wonderful. That was Act Two of tonight's feature opera, Puccini's La Boheme, right here on Christmas Eve. Lovely recording. Just wonderful from 1956. Maria Callas, Giuseppe Di Stefano, Rolando Panerai, and Anna Mofo as Musetta. Back in... 56, Anamofo was the darling, if I can use that term, uh, of the opera world. She was just singing everywhere, lovely voice, wonderful actress, lovely lady, amazing musician. Um, and uh, she was brilliant casting, I have to say, just wonderful casting. And she was the only non-Italian in this recording. Anamofa was American, and everyone else in this recording was from Italy. So um, I bet they made her feel right at home. Antonio Voto conducting the orchestra and chorus of the Theater La Scala in Milan, and recorded in uh, March and April of 1956, and recorded on the stage of the La Scala Opera House in Milan. My name is Sean Bianco, and this is my Christmas Eve show. We heard Amal and the Night Visitors earlier, and... Now we're hearing La Boheme. We're kind of at the midway point of La Boheme into Act 3. Um, and after Act 3, there's, uh, or, yeah, after Act 3, there's, um, they call it the lost act of the opera. And uh, I wasn't going to talk about this, uh, but uh, in 
19, this is very interesting, though. I have to bring this. In 1957, Luigi Illica, who was one of the librettists for, for Puccini's La Boheme, uh, when his widow died and his papers were given to the Parma Museum, among them was a full libretto of La Boheme. And it was discovered that the librettist had prepared an act which Puccini decided not to compose music for. It is noteworthy for explaining Rodolfo's jealous remark to Marcello in Act Three. The missing act is located in the timeline between the Café Mamus and Act Three, and it describes an open-air party at Musetta's house. Her, her protector, her sugar daddy, has refused to pay further rent out of jealous feelings for Musetta, and her furniture is moved into the courtyard to be auctioned off the following morning. Well, the four Bohemians find in this an excuse for a party and arrange for wine and an orchestra. Musetta gives Mimi a beautiful gown to wear and introduce her, introduces her to a Viscount who attends the party. And they dance a little dance, which this whole thing moves Rodolfo to jealousy because Mimi dances with him. And this explains his Act Three reference to the young fop of a Viscount. As dawn approaches, furniture dealers gradually move, remove pieces from the stage in the morning's auction. And uh, But Puccini just thought it wasn't necessary to have this act in there. Um, and um, although the other La Boheme, Ruggiero Leon Cavallo, who wrote another opera called La Boheme based upon the same book, this episode is included in the treatment of the opera, which premiered in 1897. And needless to say, Puccini's La Boheme won out. Yeah, no one does Leon Cavallo's uh, La Boheme, but we do do Leon Cavallo's Pagliacci, so there you go. All right. Let's see, where are we? Oh, we're in pretty good shape, I think. Yeah, I took care of that. And uh, let's just keep moving along. Going into Act... As peddlers pass through the barriers of the city and enter the city, Mimi appears coughing violently. She tries to find Marcello, who is currently living in a little tavern where he paints signs for the innkeeper. She tells him of her hard life with Rodolfo, who abandoned her the night before, and told him of Rodolfo's terrible jealousy. O buon Marcello, aiuto. O good Marcello, please help me. Marcello tells her that Rodolfo is asleep inside and expresses concern about Mimi's cough. Rodolfo wakes up and comes out looking for Marcello. Mimi hides and overhears Rodolfo first telling Marcello that he left Mimi because of her coquettishness and flirtatiousness, but finally he confesses that his jealousy act well, it was all a sham. He feared that she was slowly being consumed by a deadly illness, most likely tuberculosis, known by the catch-all name of consumption in the 19th century. Rodolfo, in his poverty, can do little to help Mimi in hopes that his pretended unkindness will inspire her to seek another wealthier suitor. 
Out of kindness towards Mimi, Marcello tries to silence him, but she has already heard everything. And she, weeping and coughing, reveals her presence, and Rodolfo hurries to her. Musetta, oh, sorry, I almost lost my, lost my place, sorry. <laughs> he hurries to her. Musetta's laughter is heard, and Marcello goes to find out what happened. Mimi tells Rodolfo that she is leaving him and asks that they separate amicably. But their love for one another is too strong for the pair to part. As a compromise, they agree to remain together until the spring, when the world is coming to life again and no one feels truly alone. Meanwhile, Marcello has found Musetta, and the couple quarrel fiercely about Musetta and how she flirts. A complete antithetical counterpoint to the other pair's reconciliation. This quartet, goodbye, sweet awakening in the morning, they sing. This, this quartet, Mimi, Rodolfo, Musetta, and Marcello, is absolute genius. So I can't wait for you to hear it. The opening of Act 3, though, begins with a sudden chord and then a flute. And you can hear the snow in the recording, in the music. It's wonderful how Puccini creates this atmosphere at the beginning uh, of Act 3. Maria Callas, Giuseppe Di Stefano, Rolando Panarai, and Anamofo in this act. Antonio Voto conducts in this EMI 1956 recording. Here is Act 3 of tonight's feature opera, Puccini's romantic masterpiece, La Boheme. Enjoy.
bruciare la divendole.
Si desta, salsa, mi cerca. Viene, che non mi vera. O rincasatemi, mi per carità. Non fate scene qua. Yeah. 
donzetta che ride, non ti ride. Alla civetta imparerai. Proprio finita, te ne vai, te ne vai, la mia piccina.
And there we have Act 3 of tonight's feature opera, La Boheme. Great cast from 1956. That was Act 3. We heard Maria Callas, Giuseppe Di Stefano, and Orlando Panarai with Anamofo. Antonio Voto conducted. From Sacramento State, this is Capital Public Radio, 88.9 KXPR FM in HD Sacramento, 91.7 KXSR Groveland Sonora, 88.7 KXJS Sutter, and 90.9 KXJZ HD2 Sacramento. This hour about the opera made possible by Joel Karish, who invites you to join him in supporting Cap Radio's commitment to opera on the air and in the community by making your contribution today. And thank you, Joel. All right, we have uh, one more act to go. And in this act, well, things kind of go from bad to worse. Some time has passed uh, since this particular act that we just heard happened, Act 3. And in, uh, in Act 4, I tell you, get out a box of Kleenex, folks because this is when you're going to need it. At the beginning of Act 4, Marcello and Rodolfo are trying to work, though they are primarily talking about their girlfriends who have left them and found wealthy lovers. Rodolfo has seen Musetta in a fine carriage, and Marcello has seen Mimi dressed like a queen. The men both express their nostalgia. In a duet, Chouinard and Colline arrive with a very frugal dinner and all parody eating a plentiful banquet dance and sing together before Chouinard and Colline engage in a mock duel. Musetta suddenly appears. Mimi, who was took up with a wealthy Viscount after leaving Rodolfo, has left her. She found her in the street, very sick, and she begged to be seen with Rodolfo once again. They bring her in. She is haggard and pale. Marcello and Musetta leave to find medicine. Colini pawns his overcoat to hopefully get some money. Chenard leaves with Colini to give Mimi and Rodolfo some time together. To Mimi's delight, he presents her with the pink bonnet he bought for her back on Christmas Eve as a souvenir of their love. They remember past happiness in their first meeting, the candles, the lost key. She's then seized by a coughing fit. The others return with a gift of a muff to warm Mimi's hands, a cordial to soothe her cough. Mimi gently thanks Rodolfo for the gift, which she believes is a present from him, reassures him that she feels better, and she falls asleep. Musetta then prays. Chenard discovers at the next moment that Mimi is gone. She has died. Rodolfo rushes to the bed, calling her name in anguish, and sobs helplessly as the curtain falls. Maria Callas, Giuseppe Di Stefano, Rolando Panerai, Manuel Spadafora, Nicola Zaccaria, and Anamofo, with Antonio Vivolto conducting the La Scala Opera Orchestra in this 1956 recording. Here is the fourth and final act of tonight's feature opera, Puccini's beloved masterpiece, here on Christmas Eve, La Boheme. Enjoy. <laughs> Ridendo, 
non batte, o non lo sento, grazie al velluto che il copre. C'è gusto da bere, c'è gusto da bere. Loyola va, tiro di rini, non batte, bene. Io curvidi, musetta, mimi, l'hai vista? Oh, guarda, era in carrozza vestita come una regina. Evviva, ne son contento. Un certo si strugge d'amor. Lavoriamo, lavoriamo. Che penne infame, che infame penne.
rondine cinguetta.
And there we have it, the finale to La Boheme. As Mimi takes her last breath and the cries of Rodolfo are heard in Act 4, and all her friends in attendance weeping as she dies, Antonio Volto conducted that performance of La Boheme. In the cast, Maria Callas as Mimi, Giuseppe Di Stefano as Rodolfo, Rolando Panarai as Marcello, Manuel Sparafora as Chonard, Nicolai Zaccaria as Coline, and Amofo as Musetta, the chorus and orchestra of La Scala in Milan. My name is Sean Bianco, and this is At the Opera, and this is Christmas Eve. This doesn't happen very often where I get to do my special Amal in the Night Visitors in Labawen for you on Christmas Eve. And here we are. I hope you're uh, settled in and maybe sipping some hot cocoa or something and doing whatever it is you do on Christmas Eve. Hope you're having a good time. Well, two of the three items that I mentioned at the top of the show are completed. We did A Mall in the Night Visitors by Giancarlo Menotti. We did La Boheme by Puccini. We do this every year. And now some opera potpourri with the Christmas bent to it your favorite opera singer singing some of your favorite holiday songs. 
Back in 1971, and then again in 76, Luciano Pavarotti recorded one of the biggest-selling holiday albums of all time, his Oh Holy Night recording, with the um, Kurt Herbert Adler in the National Philharmonic Orchestra, and also with Sir George Schulte in the Vienna Philharmonic, put together an amazing recording and broke all records. And um, But I'm going to play for you just a few selections from this recording. It's worth hearing. And we're going to begin with the song that is perfect for this night, Old Holy Night, the voice of Luciano Pavarotti. And uh, to all of you out there, a very Merry Christmas. Enjoy. Yeah. 
And the lovely voice of Luciana Pavarotti. My goodness, we just heard Jesu Bambino, Ave Maria, Panis Angelicus, and O Holy Night. And also Oreste Fideles. What a great, great album, album this was back in the 70s when it came out. Just uh, the recording quality, he was in his prime, and a lovely treatment of these uh, lovely songs. Let's keep going. Here's a soprano we all know well, Joan Sutherland. Let's hear what she has to offer for this wonderful Christmas Eve. Take it away, Joan. Joan Sutherland singing for us Joy to the World. The new Philharmonia Orchestra conducted by her husband, Richard Bonning. One of my favorite Christmas albums was recorded by Carrie Tikanawa. We're going to hear a little bit of that before the end of the show tonight. But here is a wonderful rendition of a different version of Ave Maria. We heard Ave Maria in the last set with Pavarotti and Schubert. Here is the Bach Guno Ave Maria. The Utah Symphony Orchestra, Julius Rudell conducting. Here's the voice of Kiri Tikanawa singing the Bach Guno of Emiria. Enjoy.
Leontine Price singing for us, O Christmas Tree. And before that, we heard the Bakguno Ave Maria sung by Kiri Tikanoa. My name is Sean Bianco. It's Christmas Eve. Thank you for joining me tonight. Hope you enjoyed our Mall in the Night visitors and also the Laboem. We have a little bit of time left in the evening. Oh, it's awfully late. I can hear the sleigh bells up on the roof. Is it here? Is the cookies and milk on the mantle? Do, do we get it ready? I hope so. Maybe you're up late right now putting together a big dollhouse or a PlayStation <laughs> for your kid in the morning. Maybe you're putting the tree up. If you are, good for you. Good for being a good, good mom and dad. If you're hearing my voice and you're alone, it's Christmas Eve. Just enjoy the music. Speaking of enjoying the music, here's Joan Sutherland again. Have a little fun and deck the halls.
Joan Sutherland, 12 Days of Christmas. I bet you've never heard the 12 Days of Christmas sung quite like that. Before that, we heard her sing Deck the Halls with Boughs of Holly with the new Philharmonia Orchestra and Mutcher Bonning. And uh, it was the same orchestra and conductor for the 12 Days of Christmas. Well, as the hour approaches... And the jolly old man and the sleigh is making his way around the world for children everywhere to wake up tomorrow morning and wonder what was left for them by Santa. Well, we can always hope, can't we? <laughs> Even at our age, as adults, keep the wonder going. I really hope you've enjoyed uh, the show tonight. And I've got um, just a few minutes left in this lovely... Christmas Eve, 2022. Next week, I'll be here with a uh, all-opera potpourri, and I hope you're there for that. You can send me a request, sbianco66 at yahoo.com. That'd be fine, too. Um, and I've also been getting um, some uh, lovely uh, cards, Christmas cards from people, and um, so thank you for those as well. And thank you for listening to this show. I really appreciate it. All the support throughout the year, all the cards and the letters I get from people. Thank you for being there. There's so much wonderful music that is out there that sung by wonderful um, opera singers and recorded for the Christmas season. And uh, I know it's, as usual, I'm cutting it right to the end of the, of the uh, show. But uh, nothing for me spells Christmas, really, than um, a little bit of more of Kiri Takanawa. There's an album she recorded in 1986, one of my favorite Christmas albums, called Christmas with Kiri. And I'm going to play for you uh, in the time I have left, one of my favorite selections from this album, an Irving Berlin classic. I bet you already know what it is, don't you? I bet you do. Yes, let's have Carrie tell us what that special song is.
Well, thank you for tuning in tonight. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And tonight, Merry Christmas Eve. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'll be back next week with Opera Potpourri. Like I always say, don't work so hard, don't dream, drive so fast, and as always, keep opera in your heart. Have a wonderful Christmas and sleep well tonight. And I'll see you next week with all opera potpourri. Kiri can take us out with Silent Night. Take care, folks. Merry Christmas and good night.